Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, uh, I heard uh, there was some uh, some rain up in New York. There's a little bit of rain. It's currently raining. It's probably always going to be raining. And it was raining while I was running around. So that was great. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did you did you know that a little fall of rain will hardly hurt me now? Uh, no? I've heard it. I've heard it around. Okay. Anyway, all right. So <laughs> let's get into our top story today, Ashley, because we are starting today's episode with some pretty fantastic news. As on yes. Monday, it was announced that Little Shop of Horrors will be returning to New York this fall under the direction of Michael Mayer. The show will star two-time Tony nominee Jonathan Groff as Seymour Krellborn. Emmy winner Tammy Blanchard as Audrey, and two-time, two-time Tony winner Christian Borle as Oren Scrivello, DDS, slash others. The production will play the off-Broadway venue, the West Side Theater. It'll be in the Upstairs Theater, a space that seats only 270 people, and the production is scheduled to begin previews on September 17th and to run through November 24th. Now, Groff will be out for two weeks in November for Frozen 2 promotional responsibilities, so when you go to get your tickets, you'll see a note about that on Telecharge. And despite the fact that it is a smaller venue, believe it or not, they have some fairly reasonably priced tickets, which I thought it would be through the roof given this talent and how few seats there are. But beginning in row K, you can get seats starting at $69, which I most certainly did. The rest of the cast will be announced soon, as I assume that they will be starting rehearsals in about three weeks. So, Ashley, as I said, even though Telecharge was doing everything in its power to prevent me from giving them my money... I was able to buy tickets. Mm. Were you as Congrats. successful? Thank you. Were you as successful as I was in, in procuring tickets for this show? Uh, yeah, that was. This, okay, that this was is what we do. In, this is what we do in journalism, <laughs> where we ask a question that we already know the answer to. Yeah, Matt gets my texts of me running around in the rain just as the torrential downpour started. I had just left West Side Theater. Spoiler alert: the t- the theater is not selling from the box office until September. So. Oops. Don't go to the box office. <laughs> and, I, you know, I am I could probably blame myself for not reading fine print. But why but I'm would just you gonna, do that? I'm, yeah, I'm going to blame Telecharge instead. <laughs> so, you know, if um, you go to the box office, the god that is Telecharge will smite you. Yeah, and force you to pay the extra seven bucks or whatever it is in fees. Mm, yeah, so, like 70. So, you just got back uh, a f- shortly, 10, 10, 20 minutes before we started recording. So are you going to yeah. attempt telecharge after we're done to try to get them? I am. Absolutely. I'm buying for three people. Everyone I know wants to see it. Yeah, so. I feel like you kind of have to. Like Little Shop yeah. of Horrors is a show that needs to be in a small, intimate space. It needs to be in a tiny, mm-hmm. off-Broadway hole. And I love tiny. the West Side. Yeah, d- just don't don't get me wrong here. The West Side Theater is a great venue. Um, I've seen yes, shows there. Yes. I've done interviews there. It's a great venue. But it is not a Broadway theater. And it is not even like mm-hmm. a New World Stages kind of big, fancy off-Broadway theater. This is an old-school off-Broadway house. And I think doing this show and still getting the type of talent on stage and off stage to do it is 
the the stuff of only New York theater. This is the only place yeah. in the world that something like this could happen, and I'm so so glad um, that it is happening, Ashley. Yeah, and it's absolutely a show that works best off Broadway and in small houses. And like you said, upstairs at the West Side is tiny, tiny, tiny at 270 seats. Uh, I love this casting so much. I've basically been thinking about it nonstop all day. Christian Borle is kind of the best Orange Scrivello casting I could imagine. I'm mad I didn't personally think of it. Jonathan Groff, I think I kind of have to be convinced there. And I do hope in some alternate universe or later timeline, I get to see Megan Hilty again after oh. I made that Kennedy Center trek last fall. But all around, I mean, it's pretty great casting. I can't wait to see who else joins the cast. And Little Shop is personally a favorite of mine. Like Same. I said, after we're done, I will be running to <laughs> telecharge, sadly. Because I'm not going to take my chance waiting on press comps. No, that's the same thing. Even come. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't going to wait because I'm going to have a short window. And part of the time yeah. I'm going to be in New York, Groff is gone. So I really only had three performances oh, yeah. if I wanted to see Groff. So I wasn't going to risk it. But no, um, a few people online, including Broadway Radio friends Robbie Rizal and David Levy, mm-hmm. they have noted, uh, and Howard Sherman as well, all three people who have been guests here on Broadway Radio, uh, have noted that Jonathan Groff might be just a smidge too smolderingly handsome to play (laughs) Seymour Crowbar. Now, granted, the last person to play Seymour in a major New York production was the strikingly handsome movie star Jake Gyllenhaal. So we're kind of getting away from the nerdy original incarnations from the original schlock film then um lee wilkoff and rick moranis and moving forward and then you get hunter foster who is no slouch either so um interesting about that i agree jonathan groff is uh is is far more attractive yeah he's he's a pretty pretty boy um but we'll see what happens do you have since this is a show that you love do you have anybody that you hope maybe joins the cast maybe as audrey too Oh, is Audrey too? I really want to see James Monroe Iglehart. He yeah. didn't get to do it at the Kennedy Center. He had to pull out last minute, and right. I. It was a very big part that I decided to make that Kennedy Center trek, and I would like to see him now. Yeah, the, <laughs> make uh, it happen. Yeah, as we talked about before, the his wife's cancer diagnosis came right before yeah. they were getting ready to do that pr- production, and he was uh, heartbroken. It just so happens, Ashley. That uh, I will be interviewing one Tony winner, James Monroe Iglehart, this Thursday. So wow. uh, that episode of Tell Gizmax. Me More will be coming uh, in the next few weeks. I I don't know if I'll bring it up. Maybe I'll ask. Maybe we'll hint. Maybe we'll find out who's actually playing Audrey 2 by then. But that would be fantastic casting and get him uh, the opportunity to do that. But I don't know if he would want to leave... Hamilton um, to do that. He's going to leave Hamilton for, I guess, a couple sure. weeks probably to do Hercules in the park. So who knows? But that that would be fantastic. And also likely dropping in on Freestyle of Supreme. Yes, very much so. So, all right. So, Ashley, let's turn our attention to last week's Broadway grosses. Obviously, coming off of the week that featured the Broadway blackout, everything is a little wonky, but we'll go through them as best we can. 
As is expected, given the circumstances, every show on Broadway saw week-to-week gains, except for one. And, as you might have guessed, it is one of the shows that starts with B, because only shows that started with B were spared from the blackout. Uh, This one was beautiful, which dipped just a bit over $8,000, so not a big dip anyway. In total, Broadway receipts came in at $34,264,194. Just for reference, that's up 12.1%, despite being short by one show that closed. Hamilton was back above $3 million at $3,102,306. The Lion King was north of $2.5 million, and they were followed by To Kill a Mockingbird and Wicked, both above 1.9. Then you had Aladdin, who actually did nine performances last week. Then Moulin Rouge at $1,724,492 in just seven shows. Then Dave Chappelle in Residence at $1,638 in just six performances. They were followed by Ain't Too Proud, Cursed Child, Hades Town, Frozen, Dear Evan Hansen, Phantom of the Opera, The Book of Mormon, and Beetlejuice, all above seven figures. Only six shows last week were below 80% capacity, Ashley. Those were Frankie and Johnny, which were far and away the lowest at under 47%. The rest were all above 70%. Moving up from Frankie and Johnny, we had The Share Show, Beautiful, Tootsie, Be More Chill, and King Kong. And as they say Mm. on Sesame Street, one of these things is not like the others. Yeah. Well, maybe that one will be joining the others (laughs) could be i mean we talked about this last week despite the fact that tootsie grossed nearly nine hundred fifty thousand dollars last week it was still at just Mm -hmm. under 55 percent of its gross potential in the very large marquee theater and was at 75.9 percent capacity that's i mean i'm very happy that they were approaching a million dollars and they very well might be making enough money to keep the lights on but they're not making enough money to bank some reserves for the fall when things slow down and when they have to compete with new shows opening. So not sure what's going to happen there, but definitely something to keep an eye on. All right, Ashley, we've got some sad news that we have to talk about today. As the New York times reported on Monday, that Hugh Southern had passed away at the age of 87. Now, not a name that I think most Broadway fans and even aficionados might know, but during his career, Southern served as the acting chairman of the national endowment for the arts as the general manager of the Metropolitan Opera, and here's where we're going to talk about the theater stuff, as the executive director of the Theater Development Fund. During his time at TDF, Southern helped to create TKTS, and their first booth opened back in June of 1973 in Times Square. In the Times' obituary for Southern, um, there was this little passage which... um, it's just it seems like such an obvious thing, Ashley, but it needed to apparently be to be said in 1973. Uh, the the Times says, quote, Mr. Southern was among those who believed that some revenue from a discounted seat was better than no revenue from an empty seat. This was initially a mm-hmm. hard sell to Broadway producers who worried that cut rate tickets would drain away patrons who would otherwise pay full price. Ashley, you and I both believe deeply that shows and theater companies and producers both on and off Broadway and around the country need to invest in lower price tickets and targeted outreaches to certain populations, either based on age, gender, ethnicity, um, whatever. Um, So even Mm -hmm. though this was done as a way, you know, to make more money for producers, or at least in part, I appreciate the opportunities that it has afforded generations of theater goers to see shows at lower price tickets. 
Right. And yeah, as you said, I think accessibility is one of the biggest issues Broadway faces. Yes, TKTS benefits producers. Everything kind of has to, though, for it to have any sellable aspect. And TDF, TKTS have done remarkable work over the years, gotten so many people onto shows that wouldn't otherwise get to. It's a great long life put to a great cause. And, of course, condolences to his family. Absolutely. And what the producers figured out is is that the, if they raise the regular ticket prices high enough, then their discounted mm-hmm. tickets are actually what a normal ticket probably should exactly. be. So they yeah. figured out ways around it to continue to make as much money as possible, which uh, I'm not faulting them. That is their literal job. That's so, their job. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Gets, gets more people into the doors at a lower cost. Works out to be the same. Everyone wins. Yep. Alrighty, in other news, Ashley, yesterday we got some more casting for the upcoming Broadway premiere of Robert Shankin's The Great Society. Joining Brian Cox, Mark Kudish, Richard Thomas, and Grantham Coleman will be Gordon Clapp as J. Edgar Hoover, Bryce Pinkham as RFK. That is wonderful casting. That's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got, yeah, and then you've got Tony winner Frank Wood as Senator Everett Dirksen. More casting will be announced soon. The show begins performances at the Beaumont at Lincoln Center on September 6th. Also yesterday, we learned that the Chicago out-of-town tryout for the Britney Spears musical Once Upon a One More Time has been pushed back due to scheduling issues. But before you think that this means doom for the show, I'm looking at you, James Marino, it is still staying (laughs) in Broadway in Chicago's season. It is just moving from the fall, where it had been placed to fill in for the canceled run of Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, to the spring. Nothing really changes For subscribers who've already bought their tickets, they're just switching the dates. The show will now run from April 14th through May 17th. Now, Ashley, one of the stars who did multiple readings for this show recently left her role on Broadway because she is expecting her first child later this year. And another one of the stars who was uh, part of the, the, the previous readings was recently announced to be heading back to the lights of 14th Street starting this fall. So perhaps one or both of those are the previously referenced scheduling issues. Either way, I don't know what it is about this show, Ashley, but I am oddly optimistic and interested (laughs) in it. Um, So I hope it all comes together, even though it sounds, you know, batshit crazy, but uh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I kind of, I'm kind of into it. I don't know what to do with it yet. I'm definitely, you know, Britney Spears generation. So there's, deep part of my soul that is going to be bouncing in my seats throughout it. But yeah, I, as you said, it's a bit batshit and I'm, I'm going to have to wait and see if it actually does get out of Chicago. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a bit older than you are, but I remember where I was when I saw the video for hit me baby one more time. The first time, the first time I ever saw Britney Spears, I was in the, Best Buy with my friend Roger Oaks. That's uh, just off Bryce oh, nice. Road in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We they were playing the video <laughs> on like the clothes. This was pre TRL, pre all that stuff. It was just like whatever random videos they were playing at at Best Buy, and we were like, oh, oh, oh okay, I got it. She was. <laughs> I think she's. I think she's. She was in between the ages of of Roger and me, so she's about my age, maybe a year older, maybe mm. a year younger. Um, so we were, I think, he might have just graduated from high school, and I was getting ready to be a senior. So it was, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, uh, reminiscing. Yes. Yeah, so 
hit me baby one more time. All right, finally, Ashley, the biggest story of today, at least for you, is yes, this last yes. one. Because yesterday you told us that you were going to the Saturday matinee of Roadshow at Encore's Off Center. Yeah. Well, today, Encore's announced that joining book writer John Weidman for a post-show talkback will be the show's composer and lyricist, Stephen Sondheim. Off-Center Artistic Director Ann Kaufman and Director Will Davis will also be there to discuss the production. So, Ashley, did you know about the talkback in general when you got the tickets, or is this just a happy accident? I knew about the talk back, but obviously I sensed down deep in my bones when I booked my <laughs> matinee ticket. This is the second time in like, what, two months I'm in a room with the man? You love to see it. Not I mean, even that long. I think it's been like a month and a half. Yeah. God, time flies when you're yeah. not seeing Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> you had your, you had your not Spidey sense, but Sondheim sense tingling because you just had a feeling timing sense yeah i like it yeah it's not, it's not a peter tingle it's, it's a, a sondheim sense <laughs> it's not an ashley tingle either no, we're not we're not putting those words in my mouth <laughs> I, was, I mean you, have you seen far from home i have yeah okay, so you got the reference because it's a little it's it's a little more uncomfortable if you didn't get the reference no, I had to see it. Jake Gyllenhaal was in it. So right. we're safe. Okay. We're safe there. It's the right. one reference I'll get. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. That's <laughs> all we've got for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right. That's all we have for today. Uh, if you get a chance, head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts for us and give us a rating and a review. Please and thank you, as they say on Broadwasted. Five stars, please. Yes. And uh, have a great <laughs> Tuesday. And Ashley and I'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>